0: Hi, welcome to On The Daily, a podcast about finding the acoustic you. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary. I am a serial optimist and a champion of people who has long been on a search to truly see people and help you peel back all of your layers and become the most acoustic, authentic, and best version of yourself. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. On the daily family, hello, welcome back. This episode is dope. This episode is with my friend Ali Forsyth. Ali uh, is a a, cre- a digital creator. She's a content creator. She is a national, world champion ranked triathlete. She is. Uh, she was on the Amazing Race. She is a fitness. I think a fitness guru. She's also just like a really dope human. And this conversation, we went in so many different directions, but the main thing that I think you are going to get out of it is we talked a lot about knowing when to leave something that is not serving you and what that looks like and how to go about it. And, you know, for a lot of people during the pandemic, it has been where you're forced to be with yourself and you're forced to take a look at all of the places you spend your energy. And, you know, we've all had to decide, is this where I want to put my energy? So, um, have a listen to this episode. If you are just joining us, if this is your first episode, welcome to On The Daily. Every episode on here is completely standalone. You can pick any episode that resonates with you, the title, the show notes, whatever it is. Uh, Dive in and... Let us know what you think. You can find me at Danielle underscore on the daily. You can find the podcast at on the daily pod. You can also go to Apple podcasts and subscribe. So you don't ever miss any episodes. We have come out with a new one every Tuesday and every Friday. You can give us a five-star review. If you feel so inclined, you can write us a, uh, or a five-star rating rather. And you can write us a review, all those things we deeply, deeply appreciate. And, um, I read every single one. So I hope that you enjoy this episode with Allie Forsyth. Allie Forsyth is in the house. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? She just told me she's in her closet. We both have the same background in our in our offices and I wish you guys could see it right now, but we uh, we both have the same like palm leaf wallpaper. And so she's in her closet and I'm in my office and it looks like we could be in the same place.
1: Actually though, <laughs> um, in the closet, I feel like I have to give an, an explanation of why when the pandemic started, obviously, as it did for most people, we all had to kind of bend and shift and change. Uh, and I had camera gear and equipment everywhere. And this the shoes were in this closet, as well as like cleaning equipment. And like I tried to put my camera stuff in here and then I didn't have a place to work, and I needed a quiet place to work. And one day I just I had a vision. This room is big enough to build a desk. So, anyways, built a desk, bought wallpaper, I got a neon sign, and uh, now this is my little cloffis.
0: Cloffis, I love it. Um, so I start every episode um, with a, like a clearing. So if there's anything you need to clear, anything that's like would keep you from being present, um, I can go first and kind of show you what I mean. Uh, I, (laughs) I am clearing today that there are so many things right now that are like driving me freaking bonkers in this world. And I'm trying to be very careful about where I put my energy because I find everything draining these days, even the things that like, aren't supposed to be, and that I don't want to be, I'm finding like very draining. And so, um, I am clearing that and I am here and I'm very excited to see you and talk to you today because you bring me joy.
1: That's so nice to hear. Thank you. Um, I hope I, <laughs> uh, likewise to you. Um, <clears throat> that was more of a deep clearing. I have a more of a frustration. I, you know, in your car, you've got your driver's seat, your passenger seat, and then you've got your center console. And then you've got those ridiculous, like two inch gaps where things fall. Um, yeah. And I was supposed to come home. I went surfing. I had an hour to shower and get ready. I stopped by, got a coffee. Great morning. I get out of the car, the key falls into the gap. Uh, and it doesn't just fall in there. It went, into the center console, into the electrical wiring. So I spent the last hour trying to find the damn thing. And so now I have to clear my schedule for the afternoon to take it to the dealership to get them to help me get the key out because the key can't stay in the car because we can't lock the car. And if, if somebody gets in the car, all they have to do is push the button to turn it on and drive away. So that's where I'm at. So that I'm happy is- to just kind of put the world out for a, a, an hour and chat with you and uh, not think about the car. Hopefully it's there. That's when we're literally
0: done. the worst thing to happen. I've had like my credit card fall down in there. I've had like other things fall, but the key is the worst because like you said, you can't lock it and anybody can start it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's the worst. Yep. So here we
0: are. Wow. That's really unfortunate. What are we talking wonder, about like, today? I want to talk about all the things I first just like, want to know, like, what are you up to in your life right now? Like, what are some of the main things that Allie is doing in her life currently?
1: Currently, uh, my whole world since the beginning of 2020 has shifted. Um, and I, I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to explain what I'm up to now without mentioning like what I was working towards prior. Um, so I'll just rewind all the way back. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, I would assume many, um, are SoulCycle fans. I used to teach at SoulCycle. I taught there for almost five years and that chapter was coming to an end. I knew it was time to go. Um, and I didn't necessarily want to be a personal trainer working in fitness was always a money job for me, but I really enjoyed it and it kept me healthy and it helped me to build a, uh, a level of fitness that I would have otherwise never had. And I, I just really enjoyed it. Um, I hate to call it a drug, but it kind of was like that. And so that was how I made money. Um, you know. I went to college for musical theater. I wanted to perform on Broadway. I never wanted to wait tables. I did found fitness. That's how I made money. So when I say it was a money job, uh, that's that's kind of where I, why I fell into it. Um, so anyways, I'm rambling at this point. But from uh, leaving SoulCycle, um, I just started, like, I had clients reaching out to me asking me if I was a personal trainer, and I, I was. Um, I actually had a few different certifications, so I had picked up... Um, you know, started picking up clients. I got to a point where I had a clientele large enough to where I'm like, I can let Soul Cycle go. I recognize that this chapter needs to close. It's time to move on. Um, but I mention theater and Broadway because I've always been a creative human being. I've always made videos from being a 10-year-old with a VCR recorder plugged into a converter plugged into my computer, trying to burn DVDs of home videos that I made at you know, 13 years old. And, um, I've, I've just always been really creative and I've always really enjoyed telling stories. I've always, um, enjoyed video and music. I played a ton of instruments growing up. So the goal was always to have a career in entertainment. Uh, and, and so again, rambling a little bit, but, um, I, I built up a clientele and, That became my number one job and I loved it and I loved my clients and I loved my people. But simultaneously, I very much was working to become a full-time videographer. I'd put the theater thing aside. I stopped dancing a long time ago. Um, I, you know, my goal since I moved to Los Angeles, which is why I actually moved out here, was to um, either be in a television show or... Uh, be in, I never really cared about movies. I'm more so liked series and things like that. And I would write a lot. I took a ton of writing courses. And so I always wanted to work in entertainment that has evolved and shifted where I'm at now. And, and kind of where it became over the years was I want to have my own production company. I want to write my own stories Uh, being that I love athletic sports, fitness so much. I'm like, I really want to go after telling stories in this area that no other people aren't telling because I really, truly feel that um, there are so many stories out there that are not being told that have the ability to inspire people in a way that uh, you know, a story of a professional athlete wouldn't or um, mm. and and not to um, bring down, you know how the magnitude of how incredible it is, uh, like contestants on The Biggest Loser, they lose so much weight. But what about the middle person who's just trying to find that inner strength? You know what I mean? You've got yeah. stories on both ends of the spectrum. You've got professional athletes who are breaking world records and barriers and Olympians and people do, doing stuff they, that's never been done before. And then you've got the opposite end of the spectrum. But what about everybody in the middle? What are their stories? And I just feel like they aren't told enough. And I feel like those are the ones that people can relate the most to. And so Um, I've been working with brands on and off while simultaneously working in the gym. So all that being said to 2020, the goal that year was to, uh, start creating more videos, um, start working with more brands who could, uh, fund essentially, um, creative content, uh, sponsored content. And, uh, that was very story-based and, and, uh, kind of encompassed that, that whole idea of what I just mentioned. And so I wanted to work my way out of the gym. I, you know, I literally was like, I'm leaving the gym by June. I'm going to be working in a hundred percent creative capacity by June. And then like, poof, here's COVID. You're not in the gym anymore. Like at all, figure it out. And I'm like, uh, it, it was a convenient and inconvenient, um, moment in time, because it was a leap of faith that was taken for me. Like I, you know, I think I would have taken it eventually, but it it was taken for me. So, um, I spent every single day, I signed up for multiple master classes, learning how to color grade video footage and learning everything I could about cameras and buying lenses and selling lenses and trading things off. And I eventually built a gym in the garage just so I could have like, you know, do work a little bit. Um, but I was no longer, you know, the, the, it had flipped. Whereas I was spent 30% of my time doing creative work uh, and 70% in the gym. I'm now doing, you know, 70% creative work, 30% in the gym. So that's what I'm still very much doing. Um, and it's, it, you know, I basically, am, I started, I didn't start a whole new business, but I did. So that's, that's what I'm up to right now. That was a long explanation, but that's where I'm
0: at. No, but you bring up a really interesting point because I think... I think so many people in 2020 experienced something very similar in that everybody was forced to pause and it was kind of what came with that, that really is what mattered, you know, like it's, you know, did you, did you stay put and just wait, or did you jump into action even if you didn't feel like necessarily ready for that action? So I think that there's probably a lot of people listening out there that are like, oh, wow. So she just like did it. And you have like a podcast, right? You're start, you started a podcast and then it, I think you said it like took a, took a
1: little then... bit. Well, I had an idea. I picked it up. I ran with it. I started it. I think there's seven episodes maybe. Um, and I'm like, wow, okay. I bit off way more than I could chew. And so I wanted to um, it just pause because I'm like the, the quality is not going to be there if I don't have the time and I can't do... 10 things at once. um, And I need, you know, you can get it all done, but you can't get it all done at once. So it it got put on the back burner for a little bit, but I'm picking it back up, which I'm really excited about. I finally like rebranded the whole thing and it actually feels right. It feels fitting for all of it. So one thing at a time.
0: Have you always been an entrepreneurial, like my like spirit?
1: You know, I think so. But I grew up in a family where like my dad was a doctor, my mom's a nurse, my uncle's a surgeon, my aunt works in his office. It was very much like you go to like I, when I was in high school, I played seven instruments. I danced. I spent all my time dancing. My family had um, a small lake cabin, you know, out in the middle of nowhere in Texas. And I, we spent the weekends out there and I enjoy being outdoors. I enjoy being on the water. And, um, but it was very much like when you graduate high school, you go to college, like now it's time to focus on work. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I remember that that was really difficult for me because I'm like, well, no, I, that's not what I want to do. Like where are the music classes? Where's the creative this and that. And, um, and so I think, you know, it's, it's no fault of anyone's. It's just kind of, it's the world we live in. It's, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. you go to school, you get a degree and you get a job. Um, and it wasn't really, I'd say until, uh, probably 20, I graduated high school and, or sorry, I graduated college in 2010, um, and moved to New York shortly after that. And it wasn't really until about 2013, I'd say that this whole entrepreneurial, World kind of opened up to me. Um, I never, you know, I never realized that I could do something that I was passionate about and actually make money about it. It was always like you you need to do your job first, and then you can do the other things. They're extracurriculars, so to say.
0: Do you remember the moment that you realized like you could have your passion be your paycheck?
1: You know, it's funny that you asked that because the my passion was performing. I wanted to be a dancer on Broadway. and that was always like, You know, and here's a really fun fact that I don't ever share. Um, But if you dig deep enough, I'm sure people could find it out about me. So I I was so ready to leave college and move to New York um, that I finished a semester early. I actually only had two classes left that final semester. So I was only at school for three years, I believe. Um, and I was going to auditions all over the place. Like I, I flew to New York a couple times, actually, like the little money I had as a college student. I like bought a plane ticket to New York to audition for Hairspray, the musical, the tour. And I went to school in Texas and I wasn't far from Austin. And I remember there was an audition for Sesame Street live. And uh, wow, <laughs> mm-hmm, I drove there one weekend and auditioned. And then I didn't hear from them, and you know I, I was just going to go into, and that's typically how it is. You don't you audition, you don't hear from anybody, you should move on to the next one. But I get a call. I'm like finishing up, thinking I'm re- I'm ready to sign like a lease in New York and finish my last two courses online. Uh, and the week before, I was um, getting ready to sign a lease. I had a friend there that was going to be my roommate. She was scouting places out. She was already living there. And a week before, I got a phone call from the people at Sesame Street Live. um, And they needed a puppeteer for Oscar the Grouch on the national tour. And I took the job. Yeah, you did. So I went straight from college on tour. With Sesame Street Live, I was the Oscar the Grouch puppeteer for a
0: year. <laughs> Did you know how to do puppeteering? Because that's that shit is hard. No, it's really hard. And
1: they taught me. I, I had three weeks of training mm-hmm. uh, prior, and it wasn't just the like. It, I mean, for anybody who knows Sesame Street, I didn't at the time, but like Oscar's not there often. He pops in and then he leaves. Uh, and there's a lot of like chorus dance parts. So mm-hmm. I, I was primarily a dancer, but. Um, you know, I would be in the like full body costumes or whatever. I mean, it was such a cheese ball job, but we traveled all over the place. Like I lived out of a suitcase, two suitcases for a year. You know, my home was hotels and everything's paid for. So you're just taking every single paycheck and sticking it in the bank. And so it was, it was really cool.
0: Would you say that you're like a person who, like when you decide on something, like you're going to do it and you're going to do it full out because I'm thinking, and the reason I'm asking this is because like, I look at you as your friend, like I've seen you at Seoul. I've seen you, like you, you know, you did the amazing race. You did like you're like nationally ranked triathlete. Like you have all these accolades that are d- indicative of somebody who probably like sets her mind to something. And like, that's, you're going to see it through. Am I? Wrong in that, or
1: it's my biggest strength and my biggest weakness, actually, yeah, um, it's is a hundred percent who I am. and just I had a thought to follow up on the the Sesame Street story and taking that tour job. Your question about when did I realize I could make my passion my career or I could get paid to to do what I'm passionate about. I came off of that tour moving to New York thinking, well I just, I just toured for a year. Like I'm going to get another tour in a couple of weeks and I'll be doing another show and then I'll go back and then I'll get a bigger tour and then the next one will lead to a bigger show and then eventually I'll end up as like a chorus dancer on Broadway. And you know, my mindset, uh, I'm kind of going off of what you just asked me really quickly, but I feel like it's important to say for kind of what we're talking about. My mindset was so black and white of the typical climb the corporate ladder Mm post-college, but -hmm. I was applying that to theater. And like, what really opened my eyes was, uh, this girl that lived down the street from me. She, uh, I kind of hope she doesn't hear listen to this podcast, but she lived down the street from me. She's from my hometown. She's like, I I think she's seven, eight years older than me. Um, But we lived down the street from each other in Harlem. And I remember there was one day, it was like a light bulb moment. And I'm like, she's 33. She still lives with roommates. She's been on Broadway. She's done international tours. And she still babysits to make money. And that was the moment that I was like, I don't think this is for me because to your point of I go all in and I go a hundred percent and I make things happen. It was at that very moment that I, I realized like you, I was not in control of the outcome. I didn't control who would cast me in a Broadway show. I didn't control the pant size of the five foot two chorus dancer and wicked. I'm five foot four and maybe ten pounds heavier, so like I will never have that job. And those were all things that were out of my control. And I realized very quickly, like I'm not going to sit back and let somebody else um, dictate when and I when I can and can't do what I'm passionate about. And that's when I decided I think I'm going to focus more on I, I say television and commercial, but it was more on camera, you know, advertising type things, you know, this was back in 2012. So social media really wasn't a thing back then. Social media advertising wasn't a thing back then. So anything on camera was through film and television. And I'm like, well, at least it's the same thing, but at least you can make more money doing it, um, mm-hmm. to where it, it could be a career. I quickly learned obviously, which is, that's another story, but I just wanted to make that point of like, to your question. Yes, I am very much somebody who, when I set my mind to something and I'm, I love it and I enjoy it, I will absolutely 100% make it happen. And if there's anything standing in my way that is out of my control, I figure out how to divert and get around it. Or I choose, is it really worth it to try and get over that hurdle?
0: I'm the same way. And I've always said it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time. Like I because, and it's so funny because I'm sure you, you feel this way. There's everybody in my life. My whole life has always been like, Danielle just gets what Danielle wants. Like Danielle just, if Danielle wants something, Danielle's going to get it. She's going to figure out a way to make it happen. And to that, I always go, yes. And I also have a really hard time letting go of something that I was really into. And like, I have a hard time being able to walk away, even if like my intuition says it's time. So that for me is where my curse comes. Cause like I will beat something to the death, like relationships, jobs, You know, anything in my life, like I will be like, Oh, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. And literally, the universe, all the signs in the universe are literally pointing to abort mission. And I'm like, No, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. So it's interesting to hear you say that because it's so real.
1: It is very real. And, and like, is there anything off limits in this conversation right now? (laughs) No. Because I'd like to bring up, you know, I said I worked at SoulCycle and the biggest reason for me leaving that company was because I was giving hmm, my heart and soul to the job. I was showing up every single day. I was doing the absolute most. I loved it. Um, And I will be completely honest. I never wanted to be a fitness instructor, but I enjoy being in front of people. I enjoy performing. I enjoy entertainment, obviously like from everything I've just mentioned, but I, I, I am an athletic human. And I, like I said, I discovered this, you know, love for fitness because it really showed me a side of myself that I didn't even know existed growing up. Um, And that's why I love SoulCycle. It was like this perfect marriage of athleticism and performance mixed together. And that's why I love that job so much. And unfortunately for me and my situation as an employee at that company, I felt like no matter how hard I worked, no matter how hard I tried, no matter how I showed up, no matter what anybody said about me, no matter what the feedback was from the the people who showed up in my classes, no matter what I did, it was never enough. And mm-hmm. I finally got to a point where I was like, you know what? Screw this. Like I, I, you know, I feel like I've had my time here and, you know, there were certain things I was chasing, but I I had to stop and think to myself, like, A, is it worth it? And B, what's the end game? And so that's why I ended up leaving because like you said, abort mission, we all have, you know, we have those moments where it's like, at what point is it not worth chasing after it anymore? And it was hard to leave. But looking back, I left in February of 2019. Looking back, I'm like, I don't, you know, there's moments when I'm nostalgic for it. And I do, I do miss that, but I don't Mm -hmm. ever miss it. And I don't ever want, like, I would never, like if they picked up the like if I got a phone call tomorrow, that's like, Hey, can you come back and teach for us? I would say, no, that chapter has closed. Like, you know, yeah. cause hey, I just, there are moments when you, you do feel in your gut that it's time to walk away from something. So it is, it is a blessing and it, it is a curse. I can say that. So to your point about soul cycle, and I can say this because I no longer work there. It got to the point where what was happening behind closed doors that the people who pay to go there don't see, was the complete opposite of everything that company stood for. And I'm supposed to walk in that room and step up on that podium and be someone for that company while feeling like I was having knives stabbed in my back, to be honest. I know that's a pretty bold statement, but that's where I was. I said, I can no longer stand up here and be this person that the company wants me to be while I feel like I'm being backstabbed by them. And so, I mean, I'm sure that's, that's my own personal beef. But
0: yeah, well, and I, okay. So it's, but it's a good point. And I I think that there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are, have been in similar seasons where they know whatever situation they're in is not good for them anymore. And they can feel that because I believe, whether you believe it's God, whether you believe it's the universe, like whatever you believe in, like, I believe that when something is time, like when it's time to walk away from something, you're going to get nothing but signs and nudges and like shoves sometime towards that. So I guess, you know, I guess what would you say to somebody who's in that season of their life where they feel like they can't walk away from something because of fear of you know, like not having it or fear of losing their community or fear? uh, I mean, just fear in general, like knowing what you know now on the other side of that decision, what would you say to those people?
1: I think the very real thing for me at the time was this is my primary source of income and it was scary. And I think that's a lot of people's fear um, when it comes to big life decisions like that, in particular careers um, or jobs. You know, people are ready to walk away, but they're like, I still have to pay the bills. You know, what am I going to replace this with? And it was a very scary jump. And I think the thing that I did well was I made sure that like could take care of the bare minimum. Like, what could I cut out of my life that I no longer needed, remove it from my life? Because like I said, money was the biggest thing for me. And so what could I get rid of? so I don't have to worry about that anymore. And then like, I, I, you know, I moved into just training clients in the gym, uh, in in a general sense, I wish I could give more of like a specific example and something tangible that somebody could walk away with other than just like trust God or trust the universe. But, um, you know, I, I can only speak to my, my experience personally, but I walked away from that job terrified being like, well, what if I lose five clients or what if I can't get any more, and what happens? I walk away Two two weeks later. I have three people email me. I don't even know who they are. And I didn't reach out to them. I'm not doing marketing or anything like that. Most of the people that I was training were reached out to me because they had taken my class and they heard that I was training. And um, I just I've seen so many people take that leap of faith. And it's like, God swoops in and just makes sure that makes sure that things are where they need to be. And it's something so, so, so difficult, but I've become comfortable with the feeling over time of just trusting that things are going to happen in the time that they need to. Yeah. I,
0: I, I, uh, I don't know if
1: I a hundred percent answered all of that, but
0: you did, you did. And I, I had a similar, I mean, like when I was going through my divorce, I used to like, have those thoughts all the time of like, oh my gosh, when I'm, if I leave this marriage, am I going to be okay? Like, I don't, I don't know if I can, I've been married to this person for a long time now. Like, how do I survive on my own? And little did I know getting divorced and leaving that relationship would give me my career at Cycle, my son, and ultimately like my fiance, who is like this amazing woman that I would have never even thought would be in my cards, you know, so I think you're right. I think sometimes it's like, let go, let God let, you know, let the universe have your back.
1: And I think the, to follow up with that, the biggest piece of it is just fear of the unknown. It's so easy to fear what you don't know. Uh, And if you can focus on what you do know, um, I use the example of, of the headlights, you know, your headlights don't shine to the point in which you're going, but they shine far enough in front of you to go a few more hundred feet, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's every step that you take, you get a little bit closer to where you're going. You don't know what the road looks like 10 miles ahead, but you don't need to, because you know what it looks like right in front of you. And so you have to really just focus on what you do know, because if you start to fear the unknown, fear compounds, it's the same way you get excited about something. It consumes your entire body. It consumes your thoughts. It consumes everything. You're excited. And that excitement builds. Fear is the same way. You start to fear one thing and then it compounds and it builds and it and it can be all consuming to the point where it's like catastrophic, where it's like nothing's ever going to work out. And then you become you it's you stall and there is no forward momentum. And then at that point, you turn back to what you know, because it's a safe place and you stay there until you can take one more step, and then you get freaked out, and then you stay there again. So it's a vicious cycle. But just being aware that our fear of the unknown has the ability to hold us back. Focus on what you do know, and that's just that one that one thing that you have to do that's right in front of you. And you figure out the rest later.
0: Yeah. So this podcast is all about like helping people find like the acoustic version of themselves, right? Peel back layers, and like ultimately get towards your highest self. So I want to know like where in your life when you're doing X, Y, and Z, are you feeling the most acoustic in your life currently?
1: That's a tough question. I I don't have a simple answer for that. I don't even know where to start with that because I think I've had a lot of realizations since the beginning of 2020 and the pandemic when life, life has slowed down so much that I'm so incredibly aware of everything. Everything is more intentional. Decisions are more intentional. Uh, conversations are intentional. Who I hang out, who I speak to, uh, the energy that I allow to consume me is, everything's very intentional. So I don't know the most acoustic version of myself. That That's a tough question. I don't know how to 100% answer that. I really don't. I wish I had like more thoughts on it, but I really don't.
0: I mean, no, but like that's a real answer because if you have eliminated things from your life that, you know, aren't filling you up or aren't giving you the energy that you need, then you've pretty much created a life for yourself where you're only acting in an authentic way.
1: I think the one thing I will say when you, when you mention acoustic, right, you strip everything away. I feel the most authentic version of myself when I don't have influences from the world. I use a a palm tree as an example. You know, when the wind blows, palm trees, they just sway, right? So somebody can say something, be it on social media, be it on the news. Uh, There could be influence coming from a specific direction. But when I allow myself to not be affected or influenced by it, whether that's my mood, my decisions, uh, how I'm feeling, if I can stay unaffected by that stuff and just focus on what puts a smile on my face at the end of the day, I'd say that that that's probably the most acoustic version of myself.
0: Are you good at that? Are you good at like tuning out the news, tuning out social media? Or is it like a work in progress for you?
1: Uh, it's not a work in progress. It's very much a OK, I'm going to open this door and let the floodgates like <laughs> open up the floodgates, like let me hear what's going on kind of thing. And then there's moments where I'm like, no phone, no television. I'll shut the door in the claw office and I have little spotlights in here that I'll turn on. So it, it's really this vibey kind of feeling. And I'll dive into a video edit or I'll start going through music um, on these sites where I pull music from for a lot of the, the films that I make and, uh, I'll just get lost in that stuff. So it's very much, uh, it's not a work in progress. I think, uh, when I let the floodgates open, I know that it's going to affect me to a certain degree,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: but I can very much shut those and be like, okay, we're, we're here now.
0: Yeah. I, I, I know there's so many people listening to this that are like, I don't know how to do that. Like I am so affected by everything. I mean, and it's so clear, right? Like you can have a conversation with pretty much anyone and determine in five seconds, like, have you let this all get to you too much or have you not? And I think it's, I think it's like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I know that if I meet somebody new or if I have a conversation with somebody lately, it's, it's very clear to me how, um, down the rabbit hole people have gone in terms of like opening the floodgates?
1: Well, I, you know, I think like what you said, uh, people have a hard time shutting that off. I think there's, and I'm going to sound really hippy dippy when I say this, but I think there's a certain level of looking to these external sources for validation and how you feel and trying to relate and identify with external forces because that's what they are
0: like like god universe your angels like whatever it is intuition
1: no no no. no, no. i'm talking about like somebody turns on the news Mm, and they're irate at what at what they see that would be an external force right? Yeah,
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: there's one thing to get worked up about what's going on and feel some kind of way about it and there's another there's an there's another level of letting that hit you and not being able to function elsewhere in your life because it affects you so much. I Mm -hmm. personally think that a lot of it has to do with not being grounded and, and needing that external validation of what's going on in the world. You know, like if you, if you see something on the news, for example, you and I talk a lot about, you know, event like events going on in the world. We, we text and we chat privately I know that if something happens that's insane, I can send it over to you and be like, oh, my God, look at this. Or how do you feel about this? You tell Mm. me your thoughts. I know how I feel about it. Now I'm going to go out into the world and remove that. Mm. But I think there's a lot of people out there who feel some kind of way about it. And then they don't really they don't really know how to articulate how they feel. And so they're they're like wound up and spinning because they're not. They don't have this like grounded understanding and they're looking for somebody else to like bring it up and chat about it to try and figure out how they should feel about it or, you know, kind of where they should stand on the issue. And I think that has the ability to make waves in all areas of your life to, to the point where like that those are the floodgates I'm talking about where like you can't shut the floodgates it's those things just, they kind of permeate the rest of your life to the point where you're like, I, I can't even show up to my fitness class or I can't be there for my kids because I can't stop thinking about this thing. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I feel.
0: Well, I I agree with you. I feel the exact same way. And you just articulated it actually very well because I think, so (laughs) growing up, like I've always, I've always danced to the beat of my own drum. Like Danielle was going to do Danielle and like, you know, my dad and my mom would be like, eh, this is why we're
1: friends, Danielle. We are I literally, they say opposites attract, but like, we are the same person. We're <laughs> the same. I
0: know. I know. Like my, my parents would be like, please just like turn right. Like just like a little bit, like just like go that way for like two seconds. And I'd be like, okay. And then in two seconds, I'd be back to doing my own thing. And I think, but at the same time, there was a period in my life and maybe it was when I was married. And like, that was, that was very, very much the wrong Choice for me and I did it anyway. And it obviously I learned something and I grew from that time in my life. But I think maybe the lesson that I learned during that marriage was I would, I would wait for someone else to validate the way I was thinking or to inform me how I should be thinking. And I let that affect me in a way that once that ended, and I always say, like once I snapped out of it, I from then on. My number one priority for myself and like my own autonomy is I need to be very, very clear as to what I am for in this life, not what I'm against, but what I am for. And I need to stand on my own two feet and I need to be very, very clear about that. So then any other external forces that I consume, I speak to, I read about, I, you know, hear on the news, like whatever it is, right? I can take it. I can do what my body and my brain and my psyche is going to do with it. And then on the other side of that, I can stand tall and be like, this is who I am. These are my values. And one thing I can say about myself is like, and we've, you and I have talked about this is like, I'm consistent. Like I am a consistent person. And if I feel a type of way about one issue, it's going to apply to any issue. And it's not going to change based on my own feelings. And it's that always shocks people because obviously like I'm a queer woman living in the East side of Los Angeles. So everybody just assumes that I am like the farest left liberal Democrat you could ever imagine. And like, I've never been super left. Like I've always been very in the middle because I stand grounded on my own two feet. And I think for myself, and I think that fucks with people sometimes.
1: Well, Yes. And what I wanted to say, I just didn't want to interrupt you is that we all like your point where people are, they're, they're, they're putting out this energy, right? To put it simply, we, everybody wants to be accepted. So when you can't stand grounded with, with, with what you are and what your thoughts and opinions are, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, and I can say this because I was once there, I was once this person and, but we all want to be accepted. So what we do is we, we're affected and we let it get to us and we think about it and we show up and we need to talk about it. But what we're really doing deep down inside is we're trying to figure out if the people around me are going to accept me for the way I feel about this issue or if I need to shift and, and change my thoughts and opinions to be accepted. I think that's really what it comes down to um, because I just I don't think there's enough people out there who are okay with having whatever group that they're mixed with, within, you know, you get what I'm trying to say, like, not being okay with them, like being okay to walk away and be like, I don't agree with anybody in this room right now. And you know what, I'd rather go home and just like, be at peace, you know,
0: but yeah, yeah. Well, it's either that or like, and you and I've spoken about this in private too. It's like, either you say this is a room of people that I don't necessarily vibe with. And like, I'm going to go home or it's, I'm going to stand very tall in who I am and they can stand tall in who they are. And if we disagree, there's still space for a common ground, hopefully. And it's like that empathy, but empathy is hard, especially in 2020 and 2021. I think empathy is the hardest emotion for people to act on. I don't know. I, I, I just it it is really refreshing to hear you talk because we've all been there, you know, and I, I think if if you're feeling like we're talking about right now and you're you're listening to this going like, fuck, like I am very swayed by everything I'm hearing or I'm very swayed by the people like my advice would be stand tall, like really, really get centered with yourself and like ask yourself, honestly, what are your values? What do you stand for? It's OK for? to
1: have an unpopular opinion. yeah. Like, It is okay to have an unpopular opinion. You do not need to go along with the narrative of the loudest person in the room to be liked and accepted. People will like and accept you more in the long run if you can stand behind how you feel. And you're not fooling anybody if you're lying. You're not fooling anybody if you're not being true because people can see straight through that shit. Mm -hmm, So, (laughs) you know, people may not like you right in the moment, but in the long run, They're going to appreciate you and respect you for the person that you are. And what you're actually going to do is create that space that you talk about to have those mutual conversations and to have empathy for each other because you both have a respect for each other that you both have a spine and you can stand up for what you believe in and how you feel regardless of what it is. I know we're talking very broad right now, but this applies to every aspect of your life.
0: Oh, 100%. And that's, I think, the ultimate acoustic version of somebody. If you can know who you are and you can just be without trying to appease your friends or appease, you know, or like appease your enemies or just appease anybody. Like if you can just be, that's acoustic. That's you being your authentic self.
1: And I will say this throughout the pandemic, my circle has become incredibly small and I've never Mm -hmm. been more okay with it. I've never been more okay. There were so many people in my life prior to the pandemic that I'm like, oh, they're like fun to do this with, or they're fun to do that with. But like, you know, when you're separated from somebody, I found it really interesting throughout the beginning of the pandemic in particular, when we weren't with people, we weren't, uh, you know, we didn't have that one-on-one contact. The only way you could see people and what they were up to is what they were posting on social. And it's so funny to see like what's going through social. It was so clear to me who I missed and who I didn't miss Mm. and who filled me up prior and who did, like, when I would hang out with him and who didn't. And I just became, like I had mentioned previously, being very intentional. uh, It just, it became so clear to me, like, who I wanted to spend my time around, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and you, I mean, you and Katie are, you guys are pretty when you guys let, I'm sure that you have like a system. Like I know Breezy and I, when we let the floodgates open or when something really gets to us, like Breezy and I can come back together in our home and just be like, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. And like Breezy and I don't necessarily agree on everything, but we respect each other, you know, even in our differences. And it really has helped to have that person to just be like, I'm not crazy. Right. We're not crazy. I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. I'm not crazy. Okay. We're good. Like, (laughs) you know,
1: absolutely. A hundred percent,
0: a hundred percent. Um, so if obviously the world is nuts, so things can change by the day, but if you had like a five year goal, what are some big, like five year goals you have right now?
1: Um, in five years, I want to have a big, big ass location. Upstairs is creative. Downstairs is a big gym and training facility with like a podcast recording room and a photography studio. Upstairs is where I work with my team. I have a team of editors. I have some videographers uh, and we have an entire roster of clients in the sport, fitness and wellness world. And we make documentaries and short films for people and brands.
0: That's amazing, man. I really love you. I just really enjoyed this conversation. I think it was just really, really great. I want to know if, before I let you go, if somebody wants to connect with you, where can they plug yourself? Where can they find you things they can go I'm on Instagram?
1: The most, the the easiest ways, Instagram at Allie Forsyth, uh, Probably awesome. check the show notes for the spelling. But uh, if you wanted to go to my website, which is currently being updated, it's um, AllieForesight.com. That's it. Awesome. Or if you want to email me, Allie at AllieForesight.com.
0: I'm easy to find. <laughs> easy to find. Well, I hope you have the best day ever. And um, we'll talk soon. Thanks for sh- Thanks for being here.
1: An hour goes by so quickly. Thanks for having me.
0: You will actually hear Allie again on my Unplugged episode happening uh, this Friday. Uh, She and I kind of went off on a tangent as soon as we stopped recording. And like, that's the thing about Allie, like we really are very, very similar. And, you know, just come from like a a place of live and let live, let people just be who they are. And let's not try to, uh, you know let's not try to like put people into too many boxes because that takes away from their individuality. And I think Allie's story just really resonates with me because I've seen her go through her seasons and, you know, I follow her lead on a lot of things in terms of, you know, if she can make that bold choice, I can make that bold choice. So... I hope you enjoyed that. Have a listen on Friday to our Unplugged episode. We're going to chat a little bit. We're going to dive a little deeper, or I guess we didn't really even talk about it, but we're going to dive into um, just like a different perspective on what it means to be in the LGBT community um, from our perspective, obviously not taking away anybody else's perspective, but just sharing ours. Uh, go ahead and go, like I said, go on to Apple Podcasts, give us a subscribe. Uh, you hit the button in the top it says subscribe. You never miss an episode. You can write us a review. You can leave us a rating. You can slide into my DMs at Danielle underscore on the daily. Tell us what you thought of this episode. Share it with somebody who needs it, somebody that it might resonate with. Uh, And then you can find the podcast at On The Daily Pod. We have episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And with that, I will leave you with, I hope that you have the day that you need and we'll see you on Friday.